0: Welcome to Puck It, We'll Do It Live. It is Monday, September 16th. My daughter turns one tomorrow. Happy birthday, honey. Uh, had to get that in there. Zach Pierce here, managing editor, Athletic Minnesota, joined as always by Dan Hayes, our incredible Twins beat writer who has spent the week in Cleveland where, uh, Dan, I don't even know where to start, but what a crazy weekend that worked out pretty damn well for the Twins.
1: Yeah, it absolutely did. And it, it, it's weird it ends on, it feels like we've said this a couple times this year, where it's weird that it ends on a strange note where not everything went their way. They're probably disappointed to not get the victory with the game in reach on Sunday. But the fact of the matter is they got it all done on Saturday in some very difficult conditions. Um, to, uh, to come away with that double header sweep was a significant day for the team. Um, you know they they uh they rallied around each other in game two and they rallied around each other in game one with double bullpen day which I'm gonna guess uh, that a fair portion of Twins fans went into yesterday with zero optimism or I'm sorry Saturday with zero optimism and oh, yeah. uh, were pleasantly surprised by a uh, just a thorough game and and I think I am just guessing um, for uh, for the fan base that to see Miguel Snow hit a grand slam to end it um, or to put them ahead for good his sixth home run this year that has either tied the game or put them ahead in the seventh inning or later um, I imagine that was an extremely satisfying way to end a probably one of the best days the twins have frankly had in 10 years
0: yeah Uh, I can't imagine there are so many people listening to this podcast who don't know what happened but just in case uh, Friday night game was postponed actually after it started doubleheader saturday forced the twins into an awkward spot that we'll talk about here in a minute uh won both games and then sunday uh they pulled jose brios from his start in favor of randy dominic after winning the first two games and accomplishing uh all that they could have hoped to accomplish in cleveland and uh didn't go so well on sunday but we'll get to all that and i think the best way to talk about it dan is just to go right down the list because it started with a little bit of controversy friday night uh there was horrible weather in the Cleveland area. Everyone was pretty certain it was going to rain. At some point, the question was when. Uh, they opted to start the game on time, and both teams opted to start it with their scheduled starting pitchers on the mound. Aaron Savali for the Indians and Jayco Rizzi for the Twins. They got two and a half innings in, tied at two. Bad rain came, and they opted to uh, to, to postpone it, not to cancel it. Those are not the same thing, Dan, if you didn't know that. (laughs) Apparently uh, I did not, but yeah, Uh, yes. um, Postpone it until Monday. What it did cancel was Odorizzi and Savali's start because obviously after um, coming out and throwing whatever it was, 30, 40-some pitches in those first few innings, um, neither was available to pitch on Saturday. The Twins, of course, were already planning to have a bullpen game on Saturday, hurting as they are right now for starting pitching after the Michael Pineda suspension. This then necessitated back-to-back bullpen games on Saturday, and it created uh, some controversy over how the Twins decided to use Jaco Rizzi, why they used him on Friday and not saved him for Saturday. And uh, Rocco did have an explanation that was kind of twofold to that. Dan, what was your uh, whole take on that whole situation?
1: First, on let me just address postponement, first cancellation. <laughs> um, we're in Cleveland, so it's actually rather fitting. Uh, too high, too high. What yeah. do you mean Too high. Uh, who gives a shit it's gone the game was done I don't care if it's postponement or cancellation I apologize for not knowing the difference but Jake Odorizzi was not coming back those stats were wiped off the books the game was gone we so should, anyways we, uh,
0: <laughs> or, uh, we should say a reader pointed out in our story from that night that we had used cancellation when we meant postponement and I think you used it twice but there was one time when you were directly referring to the Savali versus Odorizzi matchup which to me is right. still accurate because that was cancelled so I left that one and I changed the other one but hey <laughs> Sometimes editors miss stuff, too. It's late at night. But anyway, continue.
1: Yes. Um, no, but it did leave them in an awkward situation. And, and Jake Odorizzi was not – Rocco Baldelli basically went with Jake Odorizzi because de Odorizzi flew to the, um, Cleveland on Thursday well ahead of the team. The team obviously played a late game that night. They didn't, I think, arrive. Um, the, the rule is for the airplane, uh, two hours after the final pitch – and the team the game ended I believe at 11:30 because of that rain delay at home on on Thursday night against the Nationals. so team didn't even leave uh, Minneapolis until 1:30 in the morning it's only an hour and 20 minute flight to Cleveland but they mostly got in around 4 430 their bags were at their doors around 5 a.m. so mostly everybody goes to sleep at 5 a.m um, heading into the critical series uh, effort and, or series uh, with the, the Indians and Rocco Baldelli basically said, hey, I'm giving everybody the late day, and guys got in at 4.30, 4.45, basically to say, um, hey, we're, we're going to take this, get as much rest as we can, and turn this around, and, and get it going the right direction, because obviously, getting in and going to sleep at 5 a.m. before a critical series is far less than ideal, so... He didn't want to go with that group. You know, if the Twins are going to go with a bullpen day on Friday versus on Saturday, they, they had the game, the bullpen day, scheduled for Saturday already. So they knew they were going to do one day like that. And, you know, logically, it totally makes sense to say we're going to use that bullpen, bullpen day on, on Friday instead because then we don't have to worry about losing any pitchers. The guys we're going to use are going to go two innings max, and Jake Odorizzi can go on Saturday. But but Baldelli said it, look. Everybody I would be using got in at five in the morning and went to bed at five in the morning. Rizzi is fresh, rested. They used Savali. They, you know, it, both teams went at it like this was a normal game, even with the weather coming. But but Jake Arrieta was was pretty blunt about it afterwards. He was pissed. You know, he's been the re- the weather guy all season. He was disappointed not to face the Indians. Uh, gave up the two run lead in the first inning, but felt like he settled in, in the second and. You know, uh, to get his chance wiped out, bother him definitely. Uh, But, you know, I don't think it was more at his manager. I think it was more with the situation just feeling frustrated because he knew what was ahead for them on Saturday with a double bullpen day at that point. But he he said it was pretty shitty. And uh, it makes for a good headline. Um, (laughs) And it made for an awful lot of problems for Wes Johnson and Jeremy Hefner and Rocco Baldelli to kind of try to plan out uh, 18 innings of baseball on Saturday.
0: Well, and the other thing that, uh, Rocco Baldelli said about starting otorizzi on Friday was that they all thought that they were going to get five innings in before that rain came. And turns out they were very, very wrong about that. Um, but so looked at from both of those two lenses, um, tired pitchers. And then also the fact that you thought you were going to get an official game in, uh, the decision makes more sense. Obviously if, uh, if Baldelli had, you know, changed his plans and thrown a tired bullpen out there, and they got five innings in and they lost eight to two because their tired bullpen wasn't sharp, um, that wouldn't look too good. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of those one of those cases where any any decision you make, uh, if it doesn't work out, you know, the best case scenario uh, for how you intended, it, it's going to leave you open to criticism. And of course, the big part of the criticism was, oh shit, Oderizzi, one of the two reliable twin starters left right now. Uh, with apologies to Martin Perez who is who's had some uh, some brighter spots lately but um, is completely out of the mix now for the series and we have back-to-back bullpen games on Saturday and uh, I think we were all forgetting Dan that this Twins bullpen is pretty damn good right now and it worked out yeah. per- pretty well. Yeah, they just had to get through their
1: their starters in uh in Devin yep. Smeltzer and and Lewis Thorpe to to get to those guys and both you know I know that Louis Thorpe it didn't look uh, it didn't look good. I mean, it was that would not be aesthetically a pleasing start because he gave up five. But um, they needed both those guys to give them some outs, and they combined for 20 outs. And Smeltzer really got lucky uh, with the placement of uh, Carlos Santana's line drive. The defense and the, the strategic placement um, apparently against Carlos Santana was pretty much perfect this weekend because he hit more line drives um, at shortstop at up the middle that found gloves it was a very frustrating especially Saturday day for him and and Smeltzer gets that you know f- real quick first inning real quick second inning third inning runs into a little, little bit of issues guys were putting together great at bats and it brings Santana up with the bases loaded and two outs and he absolutely crushed a ball towards left field but Jorge Polanco took a little mini step and dove and and snagged it and um you know that was the decision right there we're going to pull smeltzer after three scoreless and turn it over to her guys because they had the lead courtesy of the jorge polanco home run off of uh, mike clevenger in the top half but um once they go to the bullpen you know that was a huge deal in that they decided in the third inning we are going to make this our game we're up two nothing And we're going to win this game with our guys. And and they changed the plan a little bit. You know, they go in having the plan that if they get ahead, they're going to use their guys that game. To say we're going to use six innings of our guys, that's a huge gamble. Uh, But that's how good the Twins feel about the group they have right now. And I think if you paid close attention to the doubleheader, you can start to understand why. You see Zach Littell, who... Uh, Had eight and two-thirds scoreless against the Indians this year including two yesterday. He was absolutely dominant. Tyler Duffy came in and looked really good. I know he hit Roberto Perez with a pitch uh, with two outs which led to Sergio Romo coming in but Duffy's been outstanding all year and he's gonna get paid. He's ARB eligible. He's gonna get paid a nice little sum at the end of this year with his strikeout to walk ratio and his scoreless inning streak intact and a very low ERA. But then you go to, to Romo and he gets two outs and then of course Taylor Rogers comes in and got five and uh, pitched through a couple adverse conditions where I, there was so much going on. I didn't even get it the game story, but you know the the missed call on the one two strike to Yasiel yeah. Puig was such a it's a horrendous call. Puig of course comes back and and singles and so all of a sudden the Indians have two on in the uh, eighth and and down two nothing and Rogers got out of it with a a big out there again. Uh, man was it was it luplo i can't even remember who their fifth hitter was at that point but they uh they came back the next day and got two strikeouts in the ninth rogers was tremendous even with his own error too um he's just been so reliable that was his 12th multi-inning save of the season and when you see that group string together and that didn't include trevor may it didn't include uh bruised who's a new name obviously but you see what they were able to do and the way they were able to keep that lead intact for six innings. Um, you, you start to understand this bullpen has a real good shot at, at being effective in October because the nightcap was just as good. You know, they they fall behind early, five to two, but rally back into it. And, and whether it was Gratterall, whether it was Trevor May with two innings, uh, both those guys were outstanding. Cody Stashak. Also was fantastic coming in, and and bridging the gap from Thorpe to the to Gratterall and uh, got four big outs there. So you look across the board, you know, I would bet if we uh, and and this all came with Sam Dyson. They learned that Sam Dyson. I'm gonna guess Sam Dyson doesn't pitch again this season um, after what they found out. Yeah, Uh, he had an MR. Arthrogram, which is close to a MRI, but they put dye in your shoulder, and uh, I know he has a sprain in the shoulder and is going to see Doctor Neil Elatrasch next Monday, the twenty third, and that's never good news. So you you, you look at this Doctor
0: Neil Elatrasch, where seasons go to end.
1: Yes, they do, and uh, that's huh. where Byron Buxton's season came to an end, uh, surgery last week. But anyways, not a big when fan you of think that about the honest. fact that. i don't think any fans are fans of dr neil maybe i wonder if he has some groupies that'd be pretty cool uh but anyways when you consider that dyson the guy that they went out to acquire and probably the best reliever traded um at the deadline as far as win percentage added goes um he's out probably for the season the team was able to put up 18 innings allowed five runs uh that was all thorpe and really um he really only just had the one really bad inning, the 41-pitch first inning. I know he gave a couple home runs after that, but you look at how they piece that together even without Dyson. It says a lot about what the Twins should be thinking as far as October because that group is so much deeper. Bruce Dog Ratterall pumped seven fastballs in excess of 100 miles an hour, not the rounded up to 100, but um, averaged 99.8 with his two-seam. So – in the rounded-up world, he averaged 100 with his uh, 13 two-seam fastballs. I mean, the, the team is in very good shape with its bullpen, I think, right now, and, and that says a whole lot. I mean, it really worked out very well for them, uh, especially with taking that gamble on game one and, and uh, beating Mike Clevenger for the first time since – that was his first loss since June 28th.
0: Yeah, you touched on it uh, a little bit, Dan. But nine total pitchers used in those two games on Saturday. Only one of them allowed runs. It was Lewis Thorpe's five. But that first game, you, you could you could see what was happening as it was happening. Uh, Smeltzer gets through those three innings, and um, you know I, I wonder how different this series is if that uh, Santana liner has a little bit more hook on it and gets into left field and ties the game there in the third. But it didn't. Polanco with the great catch. Smeltzer escapes scoreless. Twins are winning thanks to the Polanco-Homer. They put Zach Littell out there. He gets two innings. And at that point, you're five innings deep. You have a two-run lead. And you could clearly tell that Baldelli was like, this is the one we need to win. Yep. Uh, when Duffy went, Romo went, Rogers, And both Duffy and Rogers went uh, one and two-thirds. All five of the pitchers in that game gave up one hit each. That's it. Uh, ten strikeouts – sorry, nine strikeouts and one walk. Just a phenomenal game. kind of, I mean – the bullpen outpitched Mike Clevenger, which is crazy. But the, the, the one mistake to Jorge Polanco that he, uh, not only wishes he could have back, but, um, probably wishes he never had to face Polanco given his comments after the game down that were quite interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, first let me just apologize to everyone. Uh, I wrote until four in the morning on, uh, Eastern standard time on, uh, Saturday night after the doubleheader to, uh, put out the story on, on the doubleheader. So I am totally out of it right now. This is, a uh, Not my best performance, but – You're too hard on yourself. Keep going. (laughs) There's going to be some rambling. No, Mike Clevenger probably wishes that he just wasn't in front of a camera because he dropped something. Look, what he said, players think this kind of stuff all the time. Sure. Nobody has the audacity to stand in front of a camera and say it, and he did. He said – the question was – he was asked, were you surprised by the Polanco home run? And because I guess uh, Zach Meisel, our great athletic Indians writer, asked him because he saw him make kind of a face when the ball went out. And it, it did just get out in right center. Uh, I think it was a 375-foot home run. But uh, basically Clevenger's response was, uh, you know, after what happened last year, are you surprised? No. <laughs> and it was like, Whoa. Wait a minute. Whoa. Did he just say and, and he quickly probably realized what he did and just Re- referring into to a,
0: Polanco's uh, 80 game steroid right. suspension, of course.
1: Exactly. I mean, Jorge Polanco was suspended for the starter last year and that kind of stuff. You know, guys question that stuff. And um, but it was stunning that he said it in front of a mm-hmm. camera and And, you know, it's in between games, and doubleheaders are kind of strange. Your access is limited. We don't find out about it until well after it happened. And uh, it was basically post-game of game two, I went down to the Indians' side to make sure, just to see what he meant with it. And I wanted to to see if he really meant what he clearly sounded like he was saying, because a lot of people on the Twins' side were – very unhappy and they don't think that he was sugarcoating it at all. They were, they were pretty sure that he was saying what he was saying. And, and so I went up to him and I said, Hey, I just want to check with you. What did you mean when you said this? And, and he said, basically he was making a witty comment and he was, he's a competitor and Polanco's, you know, having a good year and he's really been improving these past two years. And that <laughs> you know, was just a witty comment. And I said, okay, but are you comfortable with the fact that people are, insinuating that you said this is you're tying this into his PED usage and basically at that point he took the opportunity to kind of double down and said um you know look I don't care what people want to insinuate uh you know basically you can google they, it if you want yeah you can information. google it and find <laughs> out if you if you don't already know that he was suspended for PEDs you can google it and find out so um he he cut it off at that and uh gave me a have a nice day and um it was very Interesting 40-second, two-question interview, but obviously you need to find out. You can't just put the words in his mouth and and say that's exactly what he's suggesting. But he did not seem to shy away from that. And, you know, going to the Twins Clubhouse afterwards, they said all the right things. Jorge Polanco did not touch it, stayed away from it, just no commented it. Rocco Baldelli and, and Nelson Cruz basically both spoke on his behalf, though, and Baldelli said you know he downplayed it the most he said it was probably born out of frustration but you know i don't know if he would have made that if he knew polanco and the kind of guy he is the kind of person he is um and go to nelson cruz who had a 50 game suspension for peds himself in 2013 and nelson said you know i couldn't believe he said it he said uh, the guys told me about it and i don't know that you really should go there and you know again I, i it's i think that mostly it was shocking to people that it was said in front of the camera because these kinds of things are whispered about in baseball all the time there's there's an air of suspicion it's look we know about what goes on you you don't have to look very far in the sporting world to see look at cycling and how much the you know documentaries the last couple of years about the russians and what they were doing with their cycling team and or maybe it was their swimming but how it plays into professional cycling too it's everywhere and so guys are very suspicious there's so much money on the line guys talk there's 162 games in the season to spend three to four hours a day in the clubhouse before games and a lot of time in the dugout during games there's always chatter but for him to say it for Clevenger to say it in front of the camera was was definitely eye-opening to the twins and you know publicly they said the right things privately they were pissed off um I've I heard some things, a little chatter here and there, and uh, I will stay away from mentioning specifics, but I will say that uh, one, per- the word clown was used in one <laughs> instance, um, and one person said it was f***ing weak, but it was disappointing to the Twins, to say the least, and I think they <laughs> used it as some uh, bulletin board material in their Game 2 comeback.
0: I, got, I gotta be honest, I have no problem with him saying it. I... I it has to piss you off if you're clean and you're watching guys come back from stuff like that and having that knowledge in the back of your head of what they did. And then especially obviously heat of the moment, you know, you lost the game because that guy hit a home run. You also lost the game because your team couldn't do shit against the twins bullpen. But I understand in the heat of the moment, I was a little surprised that he, oh, totally, that he took the opportunity to double down on it when you asked him about it or, or seemingly double down on it when you asked him about it. But, uh, this is a rivalry. It's intense. Obviously, Cleveland uh, has been the class of the division for a few years now, and they are they were losing their grip uh, at the end of that doubleheader, and still are losing their grip at this point. But I, I get it. it. Yeah, and and, and, and I will say, out.
1: I was I was glad to have the chance to ask him, and he gave me my chance to ask two questions. I don't think we're going to be friends, but I don't think that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> You know, I mean, well, he did the right a, thing
0: to ask him and to give him a chance to backtrack or to clarify right. or whatever. He, he, he gave wanted me the to opportunity,
1: so. which was all yeah. that you could ask in a reporter's uh, situation. So, so, but yeah, it it is a frustrating day. And that suspicion, the Twins, they have a couple guys with it. I mean, you have, you have, uh, I can't remember what the specific wording was on Eddie Rosario's minor league suspension, but I believe that was a, uh, uh drug of use or something along that lines, Um, you know, he has something, you know, Pineda just got suspended 60 games for using something on the banned substance list. Nelson Cruz has a 50 game suspension, Eddie or uh, Polanco got an 80 game suspension. So players are going to look at that on other teams and say, they got four guys that have had some kind of suspension at some point. It's, it's, it's only natural for guys to talk. It's just the way I think it came about. That probably guys uh, were upset about
0: and I'm sure it's exacerbated by the home run record and the fact that you know it's an easy way to kind of snicker about it and draw draw a connection that uh, you know may or may not be there but certainly I I think that you know Clevenger's face said a lot when that home run went over the fence and his words said a little bit more but uh, the twins were always going to have bullpen versus Clevenger on Saturday that was always on the schedule. And what Friday's rainout did was it added a bullpen versus bullpen game uh, onto the docket, which worked out also for the Twins, although it didn't look like it was working out early on. Lewis Thorpe gave up those five runs. And I think, again, you saw the wheels turning in the Wes Johnson Rocco Baldelli brain trust in terms of that game felt like it was getting out of reach. They'd already used all their big, uh, you know, bullpen assets in game one, or most of them anyway, so they weren't going to go back to those guys just a few hours later. But then Cody Stashak gives them an inning and a third scoreless. Bruce Dark Gratterall gives them 2 innings scoreless. And then, seemingly out of nowhere, the Twins erupt in the eighth inning. The huge slam from Miguel Sano. They take that 9-5 lead. and, And oh, by the way, who is still in the bullpen ready to go? Trevor May. Two innings, no hits, one strikeout, shut the door on the Indians. And at the end of the day, uh, it was such a turnaround from what was expected or from what Twins fans feared. Uh, we, we went into this weekend, Dan, I think on our last show we talked about, you win one game, it's not a disaster. That was kind of our expectation. Right. Like Just find a way to win one game. And then they have that Friday rainout happen, they lose Rizzy, and they still come back and win both games on Saturday. And that has such an effect on everything that Rocco Baldelli actually changed his plan starter for Sunday, taking Jose Barrios out, and putting in Randy Dobnik, which that was then the next thing to sort of uh raise some fan eyebrows why they were taking their ace off the mound with a chance to really go for the jugular. What was your take on that whole situation and your thoughts on that move?
1: Oh, they definitely changed the lineup too. That was the C lineup right, right. On, yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> really disappointed too, because Lamont Wade hit a home run to give them the four two yeah. lead and it looked like the yep. twins were gonna win. And my lead at that point was I apologize to everyone here, but C lineup question mark. See you later. Oh, God. <laughs> oh that was terrible. Yeah, uh, it was. I actually had that on paper, and I showed that to, to Phil Miller for the Star Tribune. And he's like, people pay for that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, how do you have a
1: job? <laughs> so uh, it was. They, they basically they knew what they had done. They'd done. They put themselves in great position. And and look. People are having trouble with it because I saw Lavelle tweeted out the lineup and it's like, I'm going to just step out of the room right now. And then you look at the replies <laughs> to it and, and everybody's just furious about it. It's like, okay, look, I, you, I totally get that in, in one respect. You want them to step on the Indians' throats and finish this right here and now and the magic number would be seven with a victory and the lead would have been six and a half. I think that's right. Uh, instead it's four and a half, but would have been a seven-game lead in the loss column. Um it, it would have been huge, but they have been managing for the big picture all season. They've been in rest and recovery. We talked about this all year, and they've done it recently, and they it's why they were able to pull off a bullpen day with such execution, which is such a high level of execution on Saturday. You know, People were pretty pissed off on Thursday night when Cole Stewart was brought in, and Cole Stewart has struggled this year and was brought in in a 6-3 game and then allowed to struggle some more. And nope. the the Nationals blew that game open, but because Cole Stewart got those six outs, it kept guys, the it kept Taylor Rogers, Trevor May, Duffy, all those guys fresh. Yes, of course, they didn't have to pitch on thir- Friday because they were rained out. But the Twins went into this weekend series with their bullpen in tip top shape for winning baseball games to to close out games with leads. And it's because they've done this all year, and it's why they left Lewis Thorpe in there for three and two-thirds. Uh, and and by the way, I, I will say his recovery in the first inning was nothing short of remarkable. Um, he talked. I talked to him after the game. I talked to so many people on Saturday just because it was such a fascinating day. But he said he was nervous. He said yeah. he wasn't intimidated, but he was nervous. And I heard afterwards... That Wes Johnson went out to talk to him and he was shaking on the mound as he was walking everybody. And this is a guy that for his career, including the minor leagues, I think he's got about two point eight. If you do all his professional ball, he's walked about two point eight batters per nine. It was two point nine in the minors, it's two point four per nine in the majors, and he couldn't throw a strike for his life. And it was just it was getting nasty. And all of a sudden he turns it around and he gives up the two runs to get give the lead back but turned it around and struck out three in a row and got out of it after Kevin Ploiecki almost hit a grand slam that would have just, this place would have erupted. Yeah. Uh, but, but he got through that and then he got back and gave him some more and came back and gave him some more. And yeah, he gave up runs along that time, but by giving them 11 outs and then the bullpen only needing to record 16 in the nightcap, that stuff is huge and, and people don't seem to realize it, but that's what they're managing for. and, and, It's hard to see it at times. It's why you give Jose Barrios an extra day. Jose Barrios gets one extra day. It goes in against the White Sox, who he's pitched extremely well against this year, had some of his best games against the White Sox. He pitches against them at home on Monday night versus pitching here in a series that they'd already won. And, And look, maybe keeping Max Kepler out of the lineup on Sunday took their chances down. But at the same time, Max Kepler is managing that scap muscle injury and, yeah. and maybe giving him Sunday off and maybe Monday means he comes back on Tuesday and feels a lot better. Because I know they're feeling like they're going to have to monitor that the rest of the way. Uh, that's something that Rocco Baldelli said before Sunday's
0: game. They've I got a lot that, of
1: guys in monitor mode. You know, yeah. They're just being
0: very careful. And I think after 150 games now, right, 149 yeah. games, uh, it's pretty clear that Rocco manages to avoid the worst case scenario. And, I, and what I mean by that is, to me, the worst case scenario is you go for broke and try to you start Barrios, you start your A lineup, and you still lose the game. And yep. uh, in, in a game where you really obviously winning it is fantastic, don't get me wrong, but you again, you have to kind of keep the big picture in play. If you want to play the, you know, if I had told you game for a minute, if I had told you on Friday morning that the Twins would win two of these three games, oh, and they didn't even have to use Jose Barrios and he gets to start Monday now, you would have said, I don't know how the hell that happened, but I'll take it. Now, of course, because of the way it went down, it seems like the Twins limped their way out of town and didn't didn't go for the jugular. And they didn't, that's true, but... They still were 11 outs away from winning that game. And I I got to say like they lost that game because of their A players, not because of uh you know, the guys that were filling in lineup spots. Right. I mean, Do- Dobnik, uh gave up the two first runs. E- was e- great. Yeah, gave up the two first inning runs, but then was on lockdown uh Lamont Wade had the huge homer to give him the lead in the sixth, but it was the errors, two from scope, one officially from Azario, but that horrible misplay in the bottom of the sixth that kind of uh, like I tweeted earlier, I would have loved to have seen how that inning would have played out if he would have just caught Fernando that ball. Fernando
1: Romero was dealing, man. He was he until that derailed. until
0: that double and then it just fell apart. So and then yeah. people and people are also, you know, the why bring in Romero there? Why not go to some of the uh, some of the more reliable relievers who pitched earlier on, in the Saturday game, and again, you, you look at well, Duffy had uh, gone extended innings, Rogers had gone extended innings. We've yeah, seen everybody, what's happened. All in the four past. of their guys got yeah. Duffy,
1: Rogers, May, and Littell. minimum five pit outs each on Saturday. In in any case, if we were talking about just a regular one game, and and they all got those amount of outs on, you would not expect them to pitch the next day. So the idea right. that they would be available the next day after that. No way. Uh, you just—that's not the way that this team plays. It, and I don't think that's going to be the case in the postseason. I think that we'll see a different way of usage from them. I, I think the Twins will be a lot more push it. But I—I I mean, you just have to believe that with the way they've managed Taylor Rogers this year. But I also am am certain that when they have the big picture to look at right now, and they still have 13 games on the schedule, they are looking at it that way. There's not two day, you know. It's not like we're talking about them having game one and game two and then a day off in between until game three. This is There are seven more games to go right now, and they still need a combination of nine twins' victories and Indians' losses to clinch a division. So, yes, it sucks they didn't go after it on Sunday, but they were in it the whole way. And like you said, Eddie Rosario, uh, first of all, Fernando Romero looked great for that first part, and he's looked pretty sharp since he came back. What, you know, he strikes out Puig to start it. That was a catchable fly ball off of the bat of, of Kipness and, and I asked Rosario after the game on Sunday if, if it was difficult because it's a, a, off the bat of a left hand's tailing. And he said no. He's, he basically said that concentration was not there on that play. But he said that play is not too difficult. You need more concentration and to do a better job in the outfield. To see the ball and play to catch the ball. Sometimes you can't catch it. So basically he was just saying, look, sometimes shit happens, man. Um and, and that's what I knew he was gonna say, and it's fine. That happens. He hit two home runs in the game. Yes, yeah, so I was gonna say to be to be
0: fair, he, <laughs> he made up for it a little bit a on great, offense. Yeah,
1: he did, but he also had the first inning error. Um, the you know, scope had Fernando Romero was snake bitten. He he walked the one. There's no question that's on him, but he strikes out He gives up the double to Kipnis. He walked whoever batted after Kipnis. I think, you know, comes back and gets a ground ball to the right side, and Jonathan Scope boots a out at first base and the run scores. And it's like, all of a sudden, you know, Fernando Romero's out of the game. Kyle Gibson's in and gives up the three-run bomb to Roberto Perez. Um, And the game was, it wasn't totally over. The defense added another gem for Gibson the next inning where it's a inning, inning, double play, just a clear (laughs) double play. And Jonathan Scope flat out dropped it. And Rocco Baldelli said it afterwards. Look, there were some bad plays. None of the plays were like fluky plays. Those are all plays we're going to make most of the time. I think he didn't say it. He didn't – it wasn't even brought up because I don't think he would have wanted to make an excuse. But you wonder if yesterday's long day played a role. It doesn't matter. They played like crap on Sunday and they still were in the game. They were within a swing, but the defense needs to be much better. There's nothing needs to be said uh, about that differently, but you know, Romero was a good choice there in my opinion and, and had the stuff to get through that with the lead and his defense failed him. Um, Dobnak gave up two runs and his defense failed him. And one of those was earned and one was unearned, but Dobnak was definitely, uh, could have got through that first inning with the run allowed maximum and maybe even unscathed, uh, Defense really hurt them on Sunday, and that's really what it came down to.
0: So the Indians will take a little bit of positivity away from the series, uh, but but even in, in victory on Sunday, uh, Shane Bieber, who has been so solid for them all year, was beat up in that game, 11 hits, four runs, only struck out four, which ended a, a very lengthy streak of his of striking out six or more in a game. He allowed three home runs. So uh, Clevenger was sharp, but Bieber certainly not quite there for Cleveland. They're now four and a half games back. They have uh, 12 to play. The Twins have 13 to play the rest of the way. It's a five-game lead in the lost column for the Twins, which is the important one, as they always say at this time. Last homestand of the year coming up for the twins uh chicago and then detroit kansas city City for four and then at detroit and at kansas city and at cleveland a little tougher they've got detroit at home they have the phillies at home who are hanging on the fringes of the nl wild card race uh then they travel to chicago to face the white Sox, and then a season ending series against uh producer adams nationals which i hope the twins will not need to worry about by that point, but uh, who knows? It is. Possible. Do you want to know a fun fact
1: I just learned by the way, real quick? Yes, I would love to.
0: Producer Adam's real name is actually
1: just Adam. It's not oh, yeah, producer. Yeah, Adam. yeah I, He too. actually Isn't showed me crazy? his birth certificate uh, before the show in the studio, and I was I was shocked. I thought it was producer Adam yeah. the whole time. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> so. Apologies to producer Adam. Uh, or, sorry to Adam, uh, but <laughs> yeah, the the Indians have a tough schedule the rest of the way comparatively, and and here's the important one: we said nine. If the Twins were to go eight and five the rest of the way, the Indians would have to go twelve and zero to uh, to force to tie. a tie. Yep. So the the Indians are in a good spot. I mean, the Twins are in a good spot, and and that's why you're managed. Uh, the way they are, and, and given days off like that, you know, it was Max Kepler played both games with doubleheader on Saturday. That was kind of surprising to me. After the game one victory, I kind of thought they weren't, and he came back and he was in there and scored the tie and run on the Jorge Polanco uh, double off the wall. And uh, Jorge Polanco had an outstanding day Saturday, by the way, and he had a pinch hit on Sunday. I think he went 5 for 10 in the series, but he went 4 for 8. I mean, are in the you doubleheader. surprised
0: after last year. I,
1: I'm a little. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, hey! Uh, sorry, <laughs> but he uh, really made sorry. some great defensive plays too. He just had an all-around spectacular day on Saturday, and I'm I am very positive that the Twins players were very happy to have him be the guy that had the game time double in the nightcap. They had that's one other aspect of this. Uh, I mentioned the bulletin board material, dude. How how crazy is it to give? the team you're chasing bulletin board material when nobody has it. anything to do but <laughs> sit around for three hours waiting in between games yeah, like that yeah. popped up and i know it made its way around because i heard after the fact uh that that you know some of the coaches had it and they made they didn't post it they didn't but i'm sure that people watched that video on their phones it is not it there was indisputable evidence to throw out there and you do that with a team that leads the league or, you know, as of Sunday they uh, are back in front in the home run race. They have 287. The Yankees have 286. They're second in the league in runs, and you're giving them motivation to win game two? I, I Not the uh, wisest of, of
0: plays in the, uh, the playbook. The magic number is nine, and the combination of twins wins and Cleveland losses totaling that number and the AL Central is the Twins for the first time since 2010. It's possible that it could happen on this homestand seven games. White Sox and Royals, they'd obviously need a little help from Cleveland's opponents and would need to have a very good homestand to make that possible. But uh, given everything that's happened for this team this year, trying to get this thing wrapped up as soon as possible to give themselves maybe you know five days or even a full week to uh, to rest some guys ahead of um either the Yankees or Astros matchup in the ALDS would be huge, uh, especially because I don't think this team really needs to worry about trying to move up in the standings and get home field advantage since they play so much better <laughs> on the right. road. But uh, that's where we're at. Barrios, Perez, and Gibson are the scheduled starters this week. Although No, maybe actually Gibson that got pushed. changed. It is already uh, changed. Okay.
1: Yeah, Odorizzi pitches Wednesday. So the Twins, and that's okay. not a reason why they managed them. So now they have – really arguably their three best starting pitchers going against the White Sox at home and the White Sox are the toughest team they will play the rest of the way in the regular season so they are set up well for this this homestand and I you know whether Gibson goes on Thursday or Friday he went Sunday in relief obviously I would suspect maybe he goes on Friday against the Royals and that Thursday against the Royals they did a bullpen game yeah. um, maybe Dobnack or not maybe Dobnak uh, maybe Smeltzer or Lewis Thorpe would go there but you know, they're they're in good position, um, and Marwin Gonzalez took batting practice for the second time on the weekend on Sunday morning, and he's very close. If he's not in the lineup on Monday, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's lineup on Monday. He I would be thinking Tuesday at the latest. Just the way Rocco Baldelli talked about it. They're not giving away any secrets, but they're in fairly good shape here and clinching early and giving themselves five days, four days, because you get a couple days after the end of the season if you win the division. The the season ends the 29th. The division playoff series doesn't begin until October 4th. You could possibly give all these guys seven, eight days of rest. That would be huge for Jorge Polanco, for Max Kepler, for Nelson Cruz, you know, across the board. You worry about the layoff, but the other teams gotta have that kind of layoff too, so you don't worry about it that much. And Um, Yeah, so getting it done early is is a good thing for the Twins if they can.
0: We will be back with you on Thursday. Thank you, as always, Puddle Nation, for listening. Thank you, Producer Adam, for making it sound good, or just Adam for making it sound good. Dan, any final thoughts?
1: No, I'm I'm tapped out.
0: That's right, 4 a.m. brain. (laughs) See you Thursday, everybody. Hey there, listeners. We are excited to share some big news. Our team here at The Athletic and our friends at Wondery just launched a brand new daily sports show called The Lead that we know you are going to love. The Lead is the first daily sports news podcast that will cover everything from the world stage to the hometown. With the help of The Athletic's more than 400 sports writers and editors, co-hosts Kavitha Davidson and Anders Kelto will bring you sports news up close and personal each weekday morning. You're about to hear a preview of The Lead. Subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now so you don't miss an episode. There's also a link in the episode notes that will take you there. And check out theathletic.com slash Lead to read stories featured on The Lead.
1: You can follow sports through sound bites
0: or a full story. From up in the press box, or down on the sidelines.
1: But What do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. And that's the buzzer. Oh, he
0: knocks it down. Stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson
1: jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game.
0: And stories about the teams
1: you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guys. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go beyond the box score five days a week. This isn't a
0: story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? I've never seen anything like that. The Lead premieres September 16th on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Oh, what a
1: the Lead. Sports up close. Hey, hey, I need some more of that.